Welcome to Backstage with the Miskatonic Playhouse. We have with us this evening uh, John Hall, also known as Hedge, who is the author of Alpaca in the Sheepfield and the backstage manager of the Miskatonic Playhouse. John, welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be on this side of the camera. And it's wonderful to, to have you here. Uh, we've got questions, uh, some of our author questions that we want to we want to find out about you, not just as the yeah. backstage manager of the Playhouse, but as a you are a community content creator. Um, so that's it. That's what we want to find yeah. out. Yeah. Well, full disclosure to the audience: we uh, recorded Alpac in the Sheepfield um, about a week ago. Then we recorded the author interview. Then we lost the author interview because we are well new to this, and now we're trying again. So let's see if we can get through these questions and make them. Uh, just wonderful and really a useful resource for everyone involved. Absolutely. And no if one at first is, you don't succeed. No one is to blame for losing that interview in any way, shape, or form. No, I didn't blame anyone. I said we. Good, good. That's and that's that's there's a go. On to the first question. On to the first question. Um, so what are you most proud of with your scenario? Um I think the bit of the scenario that I'm most proud of, uh, well, first of all, actually, that's really simple, is that I finished it. Um, from my perspective, uh, I was presently a D&D author when I started uh, and entered the world of Call of Cthulhu, looking for a new platform, a new way of writing, running new different scenarios. And as a lot of people who get into um, Call of Cthulhu from Dungeons and Dragons do, I thought I had to do everything homebrew. So I began just trying to create things all over the place. But eventually i discovered the joy of writing short compact scenarios and one of the ways i did it was through our sponsor this week actually which is through the storytelling collective so the storytelling collective runs this write a scenario in a month thing and i signed up for it really unsure of what i was going to do but i thought this would be a really good way to go through the whole process of writing a scenario and i did so alpaca in the sheepfield was written in june 2021 as part of the storytelling collective and the thing that I found really enjoyable that process was that I am a prolific writer. I write all the time. I write huge amounts. I write for my work. I write for fun. I write for Call of Cthulhu. But I rarely get it to a stage where I publish. And a big goal of mine right now is to actually finish that process. So the really fun thing and the thing I'm most proud of a pack in the sheep field, put simply, is that I published it. Yeah, that's brilliant. And yeah, I, I remember, uh, I do actually remember in that uh write your first Call of Cthulhu uh, scenario by the Storytelling Collective. I do remember your scenario because obviously the, you've got that very unique newspaper um, uh, uh, cover for the scenario, really recognisable, um, which I, I do remember. I remember seeing it in one of the bundles. I remember seeing it as one of the titles being put forward. Um, yeah, so brilliant. Absolutely superb. Absolutely superb. Yeah, because you did the the same one as me for Prisoner's Dilemma. I did, yeah. Which is one of our up-and-coming uh, scenarios we're going to be running. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very exciting. Your debut um, as Keeper. Ooh, bit nervous, but um, yeah, I'll probably read it again before we do it. Um, at least once. Yeah, at least once, yeah. No, it's, I am actually very excited and being very nerdy about that, actually. Um, but yeah, it's cool. And it, actually, it's quite nice. There feels, I don't know, I think having a fellow storytelling collective write your first call of cthulhu adventure kind of you know uh a we've played your scenario brilliant scenario really really good fun and i got to play Thank it you. as well and it was really really good fun um mm -hmm. and but you know also kind of you know just doing everything we're doing here at the playhouse it's really nice that 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 was a 
I suppose a big starting point for a few of us, the catalyst. Yeah, really, really good. Um, Okay, this is a question that that, that I like. This is a bit of a pointed question. So with uh, uh, what would be your advice to future keepers of your scenario? Spoilers ahead. (laughs) So the first thing about Alpaca on the street field is that it's fairly short. Uh, It really has a runtime of between two and four hours. Mostly it's finishing at around about the three hour mark. And one of the reasons for that is it's got this um, chase scene, the hunt, which is the final act of the whole thing. And the joy is that once you've started it, you're sort of on a fairly straight and narrow pathway to the end, although exactly how you get there is still wonderfully sandboxy. As a result of that, really take the time to enjoy the chase, enjoy the hunt. Uh, the chase rules for Colocthulhu are actually really good and a little underused. And the book takes the time to explore how you can go about using the chase sequence. In R1, you were jumping over roofs, leaping from building to building, running through muck. You all went off in different directions. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. It was complicated. It felt really real. And everyone was really, really enjoying themselves. Take the time to enjoy that. It's really a wonderful section and hit it when you're ready. So we had a very slow burn. We sort of built up, we built up and then we whammed into this action packed finale and it worked really, really well. I, for me, that that move, you know, we had this really, and I think it did, it started, you know, in that really kind of classic, there's an, even a modern day set, setting as well, but there was a classic sense of investigation. There was a classic sense of, you know, that there is something here we're finding out, there's stepping stones to take. But as you said, when we hit that third act, not only was as a series of chase sequences really, really good fun to play, but it felt really cinematic mm-hmm. with with people doing different things in different ways. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed that. I As a big finale for, for the piece, I think it was really fitting. I think it really paid off with everything that the scenario had built up to that moment. Really enjoyed it. Um, okay. Okay, this next one uh, is, is, again, a bit, uh, I like to... Well, if, if this was turned around and someone was asking me, I'd have to think about this, is is there a Miskatonic repository community scenario that you would like to run? Uh, yes, actually. Right now, I'm quite interested in... Well, actually, I've actually... So I have two answers, and they're incredibly <laughs> cringy in the... But they're genuinely true, is I really want to get and run Dragon of Wantley, which is our first episode, run yep. by our very own Stu, who's our producer. Uh, and also, I'm no longer playing in it, so I can go and grab The Prisoner's Dilemma, <laughs> written by T.A. Newman. And so, bear with me. It's not just uh, blatant advertising here. <gasps> it's not. Uh, the thing is, I'm really interested in becoming a better writer. It's one of my main drivers. And therefore, I'm interested in amateur scenarios that are on a similar level to mine. So I'm interested in reading people who are on the same journey as me, making the same mistakes as me, seeing where they're better than me, seeing where I don't really stand up, seeing where I need to do in order to improve as a writer. And one of the ways I want to do that is read other people's scenarios that are similar to mine in many ways. One of the reasons why I'm really involved in this project is because of that idea. I want to work with amateur uh, progressing towards uh, professional writers because that's where I think I am. And so yeah. those scenarios that are really sticking out and really um, hitting the mark as high-end amateur scenarios is kind of what I want to be reading and playing with right now. Yeah. Do you know what? It's... I think that's a really, really uh, yeah considered answer, considered way to think about what we do actually with with the community content. And I don't mean us; I mean 
everybody that writes and contributes to what we call the community content, that idea of, you know, we, there is a huge opportunity here that when we play each other's material and we look at each other's material to learn tricks of the trade, uh, different author style types, how you do things, how you kind of, you know, like you said in your yours, there's a, you know, you look at the chase rules, which a lot of people I have to say, and even in home games that I've played, I've had people go, right, hang on a sec. I've just got to check the chase rules. <laughs> it's it's a really good way to to expand your our repertoire or and individually as your repertoire as an author isn't it yeah absolutely yeah cool brilliant really really good um okay um what would you like to explore and this might be loaded because there is something that's been released very recently but what would you like to explore in your next scenario uh in my next scenario well i just published a new scenario actually <laughs> I think it's a good opportunity to talk about that. Really good opportunity. I just published uh, my latest scenario. It's called Secrets of the Glen. Secrets of the Glen is a seven to ten hour long, confusing, complicated little mystery that takes place in the northwest of Scotland in a little glen you've never heard of. And it was my first big idea when I got given the idea of writing investigative mysteries. And uh, I'm really, really proud of it, actually, and how it's turned out. I put a lot of work into it. I got a lot of help. I got a professional edit edit from my friend, Rubina Henze. Some of the maps were done by my friend, Graham Patrick. So some people really helped me make it something really wonderful and very proud of. But actually, to move a little beyond that, what I'm interested in as a writer is figuring out how to write and tell good stories. And one of the reasons I'm interested in Call of Cthulhu is I think it's a really good way to tell a story as a group, specifically because you don't know how the scenario was going to turn out. So for me, a lot of the fantasy role-playing games, the general assumption is that you will succeed. So if you run the scenario, your characters are going to win. In Call of Cthulhu, you don't know. You could win, you could lose, you could TPK, everyone could survive. It's partially down to the rules. It's partially down to decisions that get made. And as a result of that, I find that a really exciting way to live, a really exciting thing to do. And I want to write stories that facilitate that, that give you options, that give you space to explore and make decisions and do the right thing or the wrong thing. And also within the context of horror, there are certain expectations people have. So for instance, Alpaca in the Sheepfield is a fairly classic horror scenario. Um, so it's a slow build and then really horrible things happen at the end. Boom, beautiful. But there's other stories you can tell. There's a more pulpy style of um, Cthulhu that's very popular right now. There's this, um, yeah. other ways in which it can be played. There's the more classical Cthulhu where you do sort of win and there's the mind-bending weirdness. And there's uh, very, you know, very lethal king and yellow scenarios and all sorts of different things. So you see a whole range. And what, what I'm doing right now, what I'm interested in is exploring all those ideas. And yeah, that's what I'm trying to do with my next project. So my next project is going to be, it's going to be a whodunit. Oh, yeah. Nice. It's another little investigative style that I'd like to explore. That's cool. That's nice. I like that. I like that idea. Everybody loves a whodunit. And I think putting it in this instance where you can play an investigator in that situation, yeah. in this familiar game that we know, but in a very unfamiliar you know, I have to say, I, I really like the, the, you know, the idea that um, just that you mentioned that the, this next scenario is maybe seven to 10, seven to 11 hours. Mm -hmm. 
I've, I think that there's, there's a bit of a niche in the market there. I think there's so many, I think there's so much material out there that is uh, a couple of hours long. It's a good evening's entertainment, but I think in the community, we have got such good writers that having something that is a couple of sessions with your, you know, with your table, with your home table or whoever it is that you're playing with. I think, I think there's an opportunity there. I think to, you know, and you're obviously jumping on it, which is fantastic. Having that market, which is a, look, there's a scenario here, but because it's a more drawn out one, it's a more considered one. There's more to investigate. There's more to invest in. Um, yeah. I'm, I'd be really excited about that and seeing more of that in the community as well. So yeah, brilliant. Really cool. Really, really cool. Um, oh, I do like this one. Uh, because this is something I, I wonder when I see material coming out, I often wonder about this. Where do you get your inspiration from? So I read a lot and I play a lot. Um, but really, what ins- I get inspiration from all over the place. Uh, there's the, one, of the, one of the issues with this answer is everywhere. <laughs> uh, so um, Alpaca and the Sheepfield is written about um, a small island called Dalbray, which isn't a real place. Uh, there is an island of Cumbria just off the west coast of Scotland, which is a bit larger, and the town's a bit bigger than the story of Dalbray. But uh, if you read it and you know about um, Cumbria and Millport, the town, then you'll sort of get where I'm coming from. And I was inspired by going there. It's one of the ways in which I'm really inspired as places. So Secrets of the Glen is inspired by uh, Glen Tay, where I spent quite a lot of time growing up as a kid. And Glen Tarden, where I visited quite a lot as an adult, and I really love it up there. And then I just sort of mishmashed the two of them together into this beautiful old story. And so I'm inspired by that which is around me. So the other big thing that is around me a lot is fairy tales. So Scottish fairy tales in particular. So I write what I know. So I'm Scottish. I live in Edinburgh. And I write stories about Scotland. And then this is something that I find uh, very personal that I often find a little confusing with others is that I really can't imagine writing anything other than modern. And actually I struggle to write outside of Scotland <laughs> because that's what I think about. And that's where I'm living and that's where my lived experiences and that's where things I can reference are. Yeah. But beyond that, I'm also interested in different telling different styles of stories. So obviously we were just talking about the fact that I'm tried to write a very classic horror story in Alpaca and the whodunit story. And then um, secrets is a, a mystery. Uh, my other scenario, politics as usual, is a haunted house. So I'm taking these quite simple tropes that um, we we kind of all know and have expectations around, and then I'm trying to write my version because I'm trying to become a better writer. Mm. And because I'm trying to become a better writer, it's a lot about playing with things that exist. People often say that the best uh, writers and the best filmmakers tend to come from horror because if you do horror wrong, it's no fun. So it's a really good place to hone your craft and become okay. good at what you do. Yeah. Uh, and I really feel the same way about it. So I'm sort of exploring the space and trying these things out and just trying to understand how these things work. And then, of course, I read. Uh, so I'm really into Stephen King right now and Neil Gaiman. I've always been into Neil Gaiman. Yeah. And then I'm a huge, huge Pratchett fan classically, which isn't very horror until you realize that actually Pratchett is a little bit of everything. <laughs> Uh, but you can I mean his, you can see it when you see the way I play, which is a little bit silly and a little bit irreverent. That's all coming from those sources. Uh, yeah, and then I know that you're in the you're reading right now the Arkham. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm. I mean, I'm looking at my bookshelf over there again. D- 
similar to you, similar reading list in terms of definitely Stephen King, uh, definitely Neil Gaiman. Um, but I've actually started picking up, yeah, the uh, the the Acolyte uh, Arkham Horror new published series that's coming out. Uh, and I have to say, yeah, we, I've been chatting to a few people about them. So I have to, they're really good. They're really good. Oh, sorry, that was my watch. Should probably do that again. Your watch? My fantastic. watch. Uh, no, let's just keep your watch in. That's fantastic. Oh, but Everyone just, should know that your watch talks to you. But it's when the watch says, I don't understand you. It just sounds like everybody else in my life. That's the that's the thing. It's just an extra voice going. I don't understand what you're talking about. Have you ever seen the uh, the lift sketch Eleven, a voice activated lift in no. Scotland? Oh yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one can understand uh, the voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful sketch. It's, uh, so I have a, an East Coast uh, Scottish accent, which is significantly easier to understand than the West Coast Scottish accent, which is much harder to understand. And so when you uh, write these things you play these games i put these accents on occasionally i get told i need subtitles because i tend to get into a little bit um i think we're just going to carry on should we just carry on we were talking about books uh i basically i was going to say that you've been so positive about them that i'm genuinely going to pick them up and have we chat check oh yeah and i have to yeah i have some are better than others but i have to say as a whole the the series that they've released um these these new arkham horror novels they're really good, and there's there's uh, they've just released a couple of larger collections with a series of short stories, which I'm really enjoying. Actually, um, I am dabbling with a few other things, but I keep going back to them because I just I'm just finding listening to somebody else's voice within the Call of Cthulhu world. I'm just enjoying that, but I absolutely echo everything you've just said in terms of where you live, what you know. I'd, I'd be interested to speak to some people who write about things that are so far removed from where they live and what they know beyond research. I'd be really interested to speak about that because I feel uh, slightly akin to you, John, in terms of that I live in the Southwest uh, of England. I live on the coast. I write about a fictional coastal town that I've made up in the Southwest. And then I link it to some real places like Dartmoor. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, and I enjoy doing that because it's your, your home territory and it's something to celebrate isn't it um yeah. yeah brilliant okay that's really cool thank you uh i suppose our last question then for you this evening is and this is this is something that i i think everybody should be able to have a voice on um and i know there'll be some contradictions but this is a great question uh what advice do you ha have for the rest of the miskatonic repository community out there does anyone else notice how much Newman spends talking about how great the questions are? It's almost like he wrote them. He <laughs> just wants you to know how hard he worked on those questions. So that last question was a really good question, everyone. Just a really good question. Uh, this is the behind the scenes of the Miskatonic Playhouse where uh, Hedge teases Newman. That's how it works. <laughs> Pretty much. Advice to the rest of the community. Um, so I am a parkour coach by trade. Um, which is an odd way to start this conversation, but bear with me. Uh, and as a result of that, I, um, I'm a teacher, I'm a coach educator, I know you're a teacher too. And one of the things that's really important to me with that regard is having a growth mindset and having a, an understanding that you are not necessarily here to win, you're here to get better and improve yourself. So when I'm writing, I'm not trying to sell the most copies in order to win a prize or a badge, a literal badge in the case of drive through RPG. <laughs> uh, what I'm trying to do is tell really interesting stories and get better at telling interesting stories. And 
therefore creating really awesome experiences for myself and the people around me. And I think if we think about the way we play in that regard, and we think about the scenarios we write in that regard, I think we'll create a community that creates some amazing writers over the course of the next five, 10 years. Um, and the way we do that is we try and create the best scenarios and tell the best stories we possibly can. So what I'd say to all the other writers out there is that that's what I'm going to try and do. And I hope you join me in that wonderful, wonderful process. Oh, a lovely sentiment. And by the process of us wanting to be a community of better writers, those little uh, uh, carrots on sticks that drive through RPG have for us, uh, they, they're going to be a byproduct of better writing, aren't they? Because people are going to want to play those scenarios more because they will begin to sell themselves. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that's kind of the idea. And that's not to, and that's, um, I kind of want to put a little addendum on that, on that very idea. That's not to say that marketing isn't valuable and sales isn't valuable because you should put your product in front of people. So like one interpretation of that could be me rubbishing scenarios that sell well. I'm not actually. In order to be a good scenario, one metric has to be it is sold and people buy it, people play it, and people review yeah. it. Um, so to get that actually happening is part of the puzzle. It's not the only part of the puzzle because the second part of the puzzle is also that it is a good scenario and yeah. therefore you build a reputation as a really good writer. Um but yes, part of it is that sales process and that does need to happen. But don't make that your outcome, make that the byproduct, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And actually, with our sponsor this evening, the Storytelling Collective do actually run a marketing program, uh, which I'm going to have a dabble at myself at some point because I'm just really interested to kind of see it. And I know there's a few other people within the community that have had a go with it and they've got nothing but positive things to say about it. So it's another tool to the skill set. Um, yeah, brilliant. Well, uh, John, thank you so much for joining us tonight uh, backstage at the Miskatonic Playhouse. And we thank you very much, not only for your scenario, for running it for us as Keeper. It was bloody good fun. Really, really good fun. Uh, I would absolutely recommend it out there, community. It is a really nice kind of tight, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, one-shot scenario that you can run, that you can really get your teeth into, and you can absolutely entertain your table. Some fantastic NPCs to to uh, interact with. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, on that point, if I could just, uh, it's actually, I think it's a really good scenario for introducing Call of Cthulhu to people because it's quite sandboxing. They can run around and explore and there's a little mystery, but also it's got fairly set beats. So it's, um, I'm not going to say it's, you know, quite haunting level, but if you do want some to bring a new group into scenario, it is an option. And a modern day scenario as well. So if you're looking for that alternative that is modern day, that is a good introduction to what we're doing here. There you go. Alpaca in the shoot field. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, uh, thank you very much, community, for watching, for listening. Uh, do follow our socials. You can find us on most things at Miskatonic Playhouse. And be well, take care, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye.